Hi, everyone. Mitch from PickDogs.com here with Brian and Chris. We're going to run this show a little early today, and we might actually move the time of the show um, next week. We'll have to figure this out. It's just I'm trying to find the right time for this show and um, you know, to see what works best for most people. And, of course, by most people, I mean the people that watch the show. And I think sometimes getting the show out there um, is the most important part. So earlier might be better. We'll just figure it out. And uh, what we always do, um, the show has been on at multiple different times. We've done it anywhere between 9.30 and 11.30. So uh, it can go at any of those. But um, yeah, it's just also my demands um, have changed for me. I, have, I seem to have a lot more meetings as we have more stuff going on. And you guys will start to see why that is um, in the near future. But um, you're starting to see it with the betting tools, but we have a lot more stuff than that coming up, a lot more. But uh, anyways, we had um, game one of the NBA Eastern Conference Finals in the books. Um, it was the Celtics in the first half, and I don't know how much of it was the Heat, you know, absolutely just dominating them the way it looked on the floor and just kind of, you know, every... The Celtics' legs, kind of like what, you know, what we talked a little bit about yesterday, they look tired. And they, the tired legs, the shots stopped falling. And, um, you know, they had just gone through a seven-game war. The Heat were sitting around in the, in the jacuzzi listening to the tunes. You know, it's like, it's, it, it is what it is. These, it's like these guys are professional athletes, but there's something to be said about these physical series and getting just a little bit of rest. And, you know, the Heat, you know, have been looking ahead. They've been watching the Celtics on TV. They kind of knew what to expect. And uh, they kind of took their best shot early. And uh, bounced right back. And also, um, the over the total on that game, I just thought that under was so square. Um, so square, it wasn't fair. Chris, thoughts on, on yesterday's uh, NBA game? Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, they, 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 there was just a lid on the bucket for the Celtics in the third quarter. It just it came out hot in the first in the first half, and then just uh, were able to match up with the Heat. But it just seemed like they just ran out of gas, like they just had that early spurt, and then yeah, the shots just weren't falling. And that was where the uh, the Heat having that huge rest advantage was able to come into come into effect. Uh, they just were able to sustain the momentum and, uh, and and keep everything going going into the fourth. Celtics made it a little bit interesting with uh, without scoring the uh, the Heat in the fourth, but it, it wasn't nearly enough to 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 get themselves back into that game. Brian, any thoughts on that one? Do you think it was just the Celtics just tired and you, you, they're they're not going to get a chance to to catch them any wind going forward, and that might be a little bit of a problem. I don't know how close the game time, but when I saw Harford and uh, Marcus Smart weren't playing, I saw the line go to four and a half. I was I was worried about it, and then at halftime, I, f- I felt confident. But I think the Celtics came out too confident. Miami had a good game plan for the second half or the third quarter, and I, I just think they executed. Uh, I don't know if it's a Boston with tired legs more. It was just good coaching and uh, overconfidence by Boston at halftime. That's my take on it. Well, we had, um, you know, we'll have plenty more of this series and, um, you know, to come. We also had the NBA draft lottery last night, and it was the Orlando Magic getting the number one overall pick. The last time they had the number one overall pick, it was that Chris Weber. It was a Shaq? No, no I, I think I think Shaq came after Weber. I mean, Shaq came before <laughs> Weber, and... I might have been. No, Sha- Shaq was Shaq was ninety four. I think Weber was ninety one, wasn't he? All right. 
So Shaq, and then there was also Penny Hardaway was another yeah. was another number one that they had too. So um, they've done well with the number one pick. I mean, those are the guys that we're talking about here. They've done pretty well with it in the past. It's been a long time. Um, the Houston Rockets, uh, um, you know, third pick. This is a super deep draft. I think even the number one pick is a tough call. Last year, I thought it was pretty cut and dry that it was Cade Cunningham. This year, I think it's, it's um, a little bit tougher, especially with, um, you know, with some of the guys staying, you know. Tashiwe staying at Kentucky um, kind of changes things, right? Because I think he was the best player this season. And, you know, Holmgren, I'm less than convinced. He needs some meat on the bone for me. And, um, you know, um, oh, boy, the, the, the guy, Jabari Smith from Auburn, I don't love the way he played in that Miami game. You know, I, I like, I, he's smooth. And I think with the help on the right team, he has a chance. You know, I mean, he's he's awesome, right? Yeah, I think I think, I think if Shearboy stayed in, in the draft, he would have been close to actually another first overall pick for the Magic in 04, Dwight Howard. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm with you. I think Augusta Wendell blow Chet Holmgren into the second row, and it's, he needs he needs to he needs to bulk up, but it's. Chris, you, maybe you should give him a call. Maybe uh, maybe spend a month together. Or, uh, <laughs> just trade off. <laughs> I'll lose Oklahoma it. City I'll lose Thunder. It. Oklahoma City Thunder got a couple of, of picks in there. Um, Brian, what'd you think of this? Oh, the NBA draft up, oh, boy. I really haven't even had a chance to look at the um, projected first rounders here. I just, because uh, the Sixers aren't even involved, don't even have a draft pick. So I was really uninterested in the, the prospects coming out. It was, to be 100% honest. I thought it was pretty, I thought it was pretty interesting the way that it all panned out, you know, and it's like the teams that need the help obviously got, are going to get the help. And I think that to me is, is the most important thing. The projected, um, first round is um, Jabari Smith to the Magic, Chet Holmgren to the Thunder, uh, Banchero to the Rockets, uh, Sharp to the Kings, and Keegan Murray to the, to the Pistons, which just shows you how deep this draft is because all of those guys are number one quality, right? So Probably Sharp, but he might be my favorite player out of the gate. So. Um, Got to like him. There's, there's definitely a bunch of other players out there. Um, you know, the Kings, of course, dra- will be drafting up there, um, you know, at four. So, uh, you know, they'll, they're bound to make a mistake. We've seen it in the past as well. Uh, anyways, we go to the NHL and, uh, Chris, um, the, the Panthers just came out flat, um, against the uh, Lightning, and then the other game was competitive. I, I, to be honest, I, I couldn't even tell you who won. It was 2-2. Yeah, Colorado, yeah, Colorado took it in overtime. They were um, a gigantic favorite, right? So that yeah. so if you laid the puck line with Colorado, you lost, right? Yeah. So Yeah, yeah. That, that, the St. Louis Blues, I think, were where all the value was in that, in that game. And I think this, there's going to be value on the Blues in the series. I put a couple bets on the Blues to win the series and to win it 4-2. I think they can steal 
see a home ice back in one of the first two games of the series and uh, and, and hold serve at home. So I gotta say, I was shocked at how bad Florida played. I mean, four to one on your home ice against your rival in state. Uh, it's, that was it the was biggest once again, once again, horrible scenario that they were dealt. Horrid. Unfair. I mean, I never lay heavy juice like that, but I was just sure that Unf- Florida that game. Unfair. The the scheduling of the game. Unfair. Uh, you know, I'm not going to blame it on the scheduling. I'm not going to say anything about it, whatever. I mean, I don't know anything about hockey. But I do know that if you have an NBA team in the Eastern Conference Finals and you have an NHL team in the playoffs, to schedule their games against each other in the same city on the same night is unfair and not right and is bad for sports. It's, 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 it's a crappy thing to do. And that is what happened. The Heat are home against the Celtics. The Panthers are home against the Lightning. The games are at the same time. In the yeah, same like city. An hour. And it's, yeah, like an hour drive. Less than an hour. It's, it's, we're talking, you know, a half hour, 20 minutes. It's terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Anyways, Chris, um, let's start. We're going to change the order of the way that we do the show. We're going to do NHL first and NBA last. We're going to invert this. Chris, um, tonight in the NHL, we've got two games once again, I believe. Yeah. Trying to find them. Um, As you can see, I always have NHL just really prioritized on my board. You got Rangers, Carolina, and you got Edmonton, Calgary. Well, let's look at the um, Rangers, Carolina first. Chris, what do you think of this one? Yeah, I, I really, really like the value that you're getting with the New York Rangers here. Plus 150, not, you know, not something I'm looking to really pass up. I mean, yeah, I know Igor Shosturkin had his uh, had his moments against the Pittsburgh Penguins where he kind of looked lack, lackluster in goal. But uh, this is still a, uh, a Carolina team that is dealing with their uh, with their backup in net and, and potentially a third-string goalie if, if Antiranta gets hurt. And uh, the New York Rangers are just a healthier team. They've got all the momentum after rallying from 3-1 down to uh, to win their series against Pittsburgh Penguins. And it's not like the uh, the Carolina Hurricanes had much of a rest advantage either. They were just in a seven-game war with the Boston Bruins themselves. So I, I really like the value in that spot with the New York Rangers. I think the New York Rangers could pull off the upset here. In, in, in the entire series as well. But uh, for game one, I look for the Rangers to steal home ice with a win here. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying Tampa Bay didn't win fair and square. I'm not saying any of that. As a matter of fact, you know, I haven't seen you know, NHL all season, right? I mean, I've, I've watched portions of games here and there, but very, very few of those. I've watched less than a combined 20 minutes of NHL hockey in the last, I don't know, since the Blackhawks won the Cup. So um, that's... That's really how, 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 how little involved I am in hockey. But the thing is, is that scheduling two playoff games in the same city on the same night is, is not fa- at the same time is unfair. It's like if it's one thing if one is a 3.30 in the afternoon game and the other one's a 7.30 at night game, that's different. Scheduling two games in the same city, which isn't generally a great sports city to be honest with you. Um, as far as fan support goes, um, unfair. It's it 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 diminishes the body of work over the entire season that both these teams have done. It is what it does. 
It diminishes the entire body of work. And the NHL had options. They had options. They knew this was the schedule. They knew the NBA had the schedule out first. They knew this was the schedule. They knew the Heat were in. The Heat were in before the Panthers. Anyways, Brian, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I agree 100% with what uh, Chris just said. And I know we're just going one game at a time, but I feel like if you put an equal bet on the Rangers and the Edmonton Oilers uh, tonight, you're going to come away at the very least in the positive. Rangers, excellent chance, like Chris said, to knock Carolina off in the series. And the Oilers have struggled against uh, Calgary. Uh, the, the home team's dominated, uh, I believe, that series recently. Uh, but I think the Oilers have a good shot tonight to knock off Calgary in game one. I didn't mean to jump ahead, but I believe equal bets on Oilers and Rangers will produce a profit tonight. Chris, we move to game two. The Oilers taking on the, uh, take, taking on the Calgary Flames. This one's, you know, these two teams do not like each other. And, um, you know, this one taking place at the Saddle Dome should be a crazy environment. These fans, they haven't had a winner in a long time, right? I mean, when's the last time they had a winner when Patrick Roy was was fighting in the middle of the ice against uh, whoever the Flames goalie was that year. I, I mean, that's one of my most vivid hockey memories was that um, they played Montreal, right? That series, it was Montreal-Calgary, and uh, there was just a, one of the biggest after-the-game fights you'll ever see. It was just, I mean, it was after the game, right? There was, it was crazy. Yeah. Gear yeah, was no, everywhere. I, Gotta love the hockey fight where gear is just all over the place. The line, the line brawl. Yeah, where everything's just flying. Uh, no, I think Cal- Calgary had a cup run in 04, I believe. But uh, yeah, it's been a while for 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 both these fan bases. But uh, I was leaning towards Calgary at home only because, like Brian said, the home team has won the last five meetings. That was really the only edge I could find for Game One here because I think you could make a case across the board. For both the over and the under, um, you know, both teams were just involved in seven game wars, and uh, I mean, the over could be could be the case because you know these two teams like to hurt each other on the scoreboard, and there is value with Edmonton, but I think just for game one, I would lean towards Calgary. This is sort of a series that I kind of want to see how the first game or two goes before really investing a lot more in it down the road. Brian. Yeah, like I said previously, I, I really think the Oilers have a good puncher's chance in this one. It might it might not have played out like that recently where the home team has dominated, but I think tonight the Oilers uh, coming off that uh, nice series win, even though it was against a Kings team that you thought they would have blown out, I think they carry some momentum and in, in, in steal game one from Calgary. All right. Well, we go to um, our premium pick promotion. Chris, what are you selling? Well, today I got uh, a couple things on the on the board. I got my uh, my NBA best bet. I got that for twenty nine ninety five for the Warriors and uh, and Mavericks game tonight. Or got my uh, my super rare uh, walk off Wednesday five pack five MLB plays that I love for today's actually I love today's card. Got that for forty nine ninety five at the website. Or and we always talk about the long term packages. You see the the, uh, the the code in the top right corner of the the, uh, the feed here. You can. Uh, Use that and uh, pair any of us up and, and get uh, some great cappers for uh, for a long-term pass. Brian? 
off a two and three day yesterday. Tuesday's turned into a Friday for some reason for me recently. But I got my Wednesday night money shot three pack. It includes my NBA best bet along with uh, two major league baseball plays. Absolutely love today. Get all three for forty dollars at PickDogs.com. Premium picks. Um, so far, I only have my fifteen dollar big play up for today. I'll have more picks in uh, after the show is over. Um, last night smashed our big play again the big play is on a heater right now got had a little bit of a cold stretch i had a few ninth inning losses of those big plays Uh, i got melanson twice um in in three games uh two out of three games i got mark melanson gave up the lead up for me where the diamondbacks lost both of those but now we are back in the fold hitting uh with the houston astros making it back-to-back winners with the uh $15 $15 big play, five home runs in one inning. It was one of those no doubter. I couldn't and, believe it. Oh, I believed it. <laughs> I looked at the oh, score. I believe, I was like, uh, it was like I, 10 nothing in the first inning or whatever the hell it was. Well, the thing Early, is, you, was, you have a game that you have one team that's 10 games under 500, and you have a, the other team that's 10 games over 500. And they had lost the night before. It's kind of all probability says um, that the surprised. team 10 games over is more likely to win that game. Especially every, I think that what was it that what was the um, the betting tools say about it? The betting tools had like whatever it was for the Astros, it was fourteen in a row. Whatever the streak was there, the bit the major streak going into that game it was fourteen in a row for the Astros. Whatever it was, I can't remember what the streak was, but it was a big big hit. Um, anyways, it was my big play, and uh, I loved it. The Astros. Oh, the Red Sox hadn't won in the fa- haven't won in the, in the favorite role in the month. Uh, that's it. Um, anyways, um, yeah, it was a minus one ten Red Sox, and that, to me, it just looks crazy odd that a team that's what ten games below five hundred. I believe they're ten games around. How about when the Red Sox took? How about when the Red Sox took the lead in that game? What nothing. <laughs> Remember that part? <laughs> I, I didn't see that part. When I looked at it, they, down home like 10 so. they hit a home run. Was, and then it was like, man, that ball went out of the park pretty easy. And it was like, oh, man. Nathan Eovaldi just looked lost. And then they leave him in there. <laughs> oh, man. Well, this is what happens today. Today's, what, game three? Oh, let's see. Oh, one game is 10 games. One team's 10 games over 500. Yeah, 10 games. That doesn't. That, it's a new day every day as far as betting goes. Well, one team is better. The other team is not better. You well, that's not how, You don't just pick a team because they're better. That's just not how it works. I would definitely rather have the worst team. <laughs> <laughs> but you know how I work. I've jumped off the Angels bandwagon, and now they're zooming up uh, first place. So. It, all, it's all it takes, Brian, is for you to jump off the bandwagon. Off the bandwagon. Speaking of bandwagons, let's talk Brewers-Braves um, here. And... Uh, Rays, Tigers, and the Rockies against the Giants. Ron Romanelli's uh, Ron's rundown play was the Tampa Bay Rays yesterday on the run line. Um, easy winner. I kind of thought the Tigers were going to hang in there. They did not do it. But, um, Brian, what do you think of these? Well, I heard Rays, Tigers, but I couldn't hear what the other one that you said. Brewers, Braves, Rockies, Giants. All right. Uh, yesterday, I liked the Rays on the alternate run line, but today I'm going to take the Tigers on the run line. Uh, Rodriguez, I think, has looked uh, pretty confident over his last two starts, and Drew Rasmussen is uh, uh, has had strong performance pretty much all year. But I think the Tigers bounced back from yesterday's uh, 
debacle. And the Milwaukee Brewers, I just think Corbin Burns, that price is very high, but he's been maybe the best pitcher in the National League. And uh, Max Fried, slow starter, has looked okay, but I, I just think for this price, I'm going to go with the Brewers here. I think they get the W against the Braves, paying back for yesterday's uh, loss. Chris, Burns on the cheap. Yeah, and uh, I think I think it might be for for a bit of a reason here. I'm not I'm not going against the Brewers here, but I, I think I like that under six and a half. I know it is a very very low total, but these two teams just met with these two hurlers on the mound uh, around a week and a half ago, and it finished three to two in favor of the Braves. I do think the uh, the Brewers will want some revenge here, but I'm expecting another pitcher's duel in this one. So I like the uh, I like the under six and a half in that one. The uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, I, I was leaning towards Tampa Bay on the run line, but I, I do see Rodriguez is pitching a little bit better as of late. So probably a stay off spot for me. And um, the Giants, I, I like the Giants to continue their dominance of the uh, the Rockies. I like Logan Webb a lot more when he's at home. That doesn't change the fact that he is the the, uh, the ace of this Giants rotation. And uh, Kyle Freeland just hasn't been pitching all that well, especially at home. So give me give me the, uh, the San Francisco Giants on the money line there. Yeah, the Giants have beaten the Rockies. Um... 17 years in a row, and uh, the Rockies really, really struggling against the Giants. And um, I don't know, use the word hurler there. There's a versatile word for you. I've heard it used in a variety of different ways. Um, you know, like at a you know, party, oh, yeah, you don't want to invite him. He's a hurler. And uh, then you have, you know, the pitcher hurler. Right? Anyways, um, I think that, uh, I think... I think Burns is the bet here for the Brewers. I just do. Over uh, the Braves, who, you know, fought the good fight yesterday. I, I do think that Rodriguez against Rasmussen is a good matchup here for the Tigers. It's just hard to get there because the Rays are so much of a better team. So it just it makes it difficult. And then, of course, uh, the Giants-Rockies, it's just a matter of finding the number to bet. And actually, 160, you know, at this point, looks like a bargain if you can get in that range. Go to Oakland, where the A's coming off of a win against the Minnesota Twins, getting it done late. Um, got the Dodgers against the Diamondbacks and the Indians or Guardians up against the Reds. I don't think I'm ever going to get that right. It's, I'm doing worse with this than I did with uh, Washington. Chris, what do you think? I'm doing much better, doing better with Guardians than I did with Washington. Chris, what do you think of these? Yeah, you're you're horrible with Washington, that's for sure. Um, I'm gonna go with the uh, the Minnesota Twins. I'm not a Sunny Gray fan by any stretch of the imagination, but Oakland just not doing it for me offensively. Whenever I seem to back them, they seem to really fall apart, and I think uh, I think it's gonna happen even when I'm on the other side here. So I'm gonna take the Minnesota Twins there. I like the Dodgers minus two and a half. I just think Dak, Zach Davies is going to get pummeled, and Walker Buehler's pretty much owned the Diamondbacks in his career. A .61 ERA and a 4-0 record going back to the beginning of last season against the Diamondbacks, and I think uh, the Diamondbacks could struggle here. And uh, I like the over-8 between the uh, the Reds and Guardians. Tyler Molle, he's a lot better when you take him out of Great American Ballpark, but not it doesn't change the fact that I think he's getting teed off on. And this Cleveland Guardians team can hit. I expect uh, Cal Quantrill to give up a few as well. So I like that game to finish closer to nine or ten runs. Brian? 
Yeah, I've been getting pretty lucky on alternate run lines. I'm going to take, call me a, a super square today. I'm going to take the Dodgers minus two and a half here. I like Walker Bueller. And uh, Zach Davies might be the biggest weak link on uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks next to Castellanos. Is that, his, that, is that the pitcher's name? I forget. But Humberto Castellanos. Humberto Castellanos. That might be, that's their other weak link. I like Walker Bueller today. I think the Dodgers. Lanson the is the weak link in the Diamondbacks. <laughs> well, Trust he's me on in that. the bullpen. Trust me on that. So I'll take the minus two and a half. Then Oakland A's and Twins. I saw it. Uh, Gray over his last two starts basically goes four innings. And uh, you saw Jeffries bounce back and finally have a good start after a rough stretch. I think the A's take two in a row here. You get nice plus money. I just don't think uh, Sonny Gray goes very long for the Twins. Oh. I think you guys haven't been watching Zach Davies this season. He's been sensational. And um, I think that maybe maybe uh, Ruffalo was uh, force-feeding Chet Holmgren that second slice of lasagna um, while Davies has been pitching. But uh, I got to say that uh, he's been really good. I, it's the best Zach Davies I've ever seen. He's in full control. He's large and in charge out there on the mound. And I'll tell you what, Diamondbacks' first five plus a half a run is, is the bet in that game. If you can get the Diamondbacks plus a half a run in the first five, it is straight money in this one because they're not going to hit Davies. It's not going to happen. He's, what makes you think that? Because I've been watching him all season, and he he gave out three runs over his five. I'm not. This is the best you've seen. The him, bullpen Zach, got him. The bullpen. The bullpen allowed the allowed the guys to score. He's he's no no. You, you haven't been watching him. He's been. This is the best of Zach Davies. This is kind of like the Martin Perez revolution. The dead ball era and Zach Davies go together like peanut butter and jelly, like chocolate and peanut butter, like Ruffalo and donuts. It's all just one happy family. I'm telling you, Zach Davies, way underestimated here. Gigantic value against a way overrated Dodgers team that we saw going to Pittsburgh and get their asses kicked. There, I said it. I feel better about myself. When do myself I take and- the Dodgers? Never. <laughs> Today, yeah, I do. They went into Pittsburgh and got slaughtered just a week, less than a week ago, right? Then at home, dominated by a lousy Phillies team who came into Dodger Stadium several games under 500. I I don't know. Davies is, I'm going to get a Zach Davies shirt. I'll send you one. He's been phenomenal. Nothing turned around. And Walker Bueller. As Romanelli once told me, the most overrated play, one of the most overrated pitchers in the history of baseball. Uh, I don't know about that. Absolutely. This guy is so overrated. He's like Zach Wheeler. It's like ridiculous. Oh, what was that? Sonny Gray. So here's the deal on Sonny Gray. Here's the book on Sonny Gray. He only allows, he allows less than three runs in like 90% of his starts plus. So you got to score more than three runs. I mean, you have to have a pitcher that's going to allow less than that to beat him. I don't, he think, hasn't gone I don't think Dalton Jeffries is that guy. I know Dalton Jeffries. I bet on Dalton Jeffries. I picked him. I've been on both sides of it. No. The A's stringing together wins. No, no, no. No, nope. no, 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 no. Bad day. And, and the Reds, easy winners yesterday. Um, no reason why they can't do it again. I bet against the Dodgers every single game. I'm 
cash machine here. They've hit 60, the Dodgers have won 66% of their games and have lost their betters money. It's a great bet. to bet, You bet against the Dodgers every single game. This one we're getting plus, you can get plus 250, plus 260 on your money here. Basically three wins worth. And for the Dodgers, minus 290. If you bet 10 bucks, you win, you win three bucks. Congratulations. You know, you go to Starbucks, there goes your whole, your whole bankroll. You know, it's, it's crazy. It doesn't even make any sense. I usually fade the Dodgers. I just can't do it today. I usually fade Bittler, and I can't do it today. The thing (laughs) is, is that, you know, the the Dodgers are just, they're a terrible betting team. They're a terrible, terrible, terrible bet. They're the worst. I think they broke the seal last night. Broke the seal? No, they kicked the crap out of them in game two. Arizona got the cover in game one against the Dodgers in game two. I thought game two was going to be the one that they uh, were more competitive in. Well, you thought wrong. You, you also had the Red Sox. I mean, it really doesn't matter, you know? Yeah, but I had the Texas Rangers. They got it done against the uh, Angels. And I had, you know, Cincinnati Reds. They got it well, done. I had, you the, know, I had, I had the heat and, and the over. <laughs> I had winners and losers yesterday. And I sure. said, get, take the heat alternate, right, <laughs> as well. It's like, they're going to kill them. The, I'm beginning to hate the fucking – I'm beginning to hate the heat. Well, you, you've hated the Heat all season. You've hated them for years. You've never liked yeah, the Heat. And, and, I like the Heat sometimes. And, 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 and last night, you got woodshedded. I mean. I did. Yeah. I thought I was, I, I was feeling confident at halftime. How, squa- how square were you feeling got, with that under? How, how square did you feel with that under at the end of the third quarter? Uh, <laughs> did you just feel like it's, like it's kind of like this is like this is this is this is. This the square feeling, like what I equivocate as the square feeling, when you walk into the Westgate Superbook on a Saturday in about the third quarter or so of a Texas game. You know, it's like you can just feel the squareness in the room as the tickets are being dropped on the floor. Yeah, it was more uh, more the Celtics going down that really hurt me yesterday. The total, you know, I'm not good. I'm not going to pretend to. Jimmy Buckets, just large and in charge, took over the game. His points, rebounds, and assists, I gave this out on my seven free picks in just five minutes. It took me a little over five minutes yesterday, but it was seven free picks, and I call it, we call it. It was 36 and a half was his points, rebounds, and assists. It was 36 and a half was the, was the prop on that for yesterday. Embarrassing. He had 40 points. Speaking of 40 points, we've got the uh, Red Sox-Astros. We return to the scene of the crime. (laughs) It is the Red Sox-Astros, the Nationals and the Marlins, Pablo Lopez, the pitcher, and the handicapper going in that one. And then speaking of Zach Wheeler, he shows his mug in Philly today against Blake Snell, a, a... a Cy Young contender fraud versus a Cy Young Award winner in this one. Um, Chris, what do you think? Yeah, and that uh, that Phillies Padres game, uh, I look, I like the over there because I, I really don't know what we're going to see from Blake Snell in his return. And Zach Wheeler hasn't been all that great for the uh, for the Phillies this season. Sucks. I, Z- yeah. I th- yeah. just let's call it what it is. Wheeler okay, sucks. Fine. Sucks. I've said before, I can't tell what him and Aaron Nola are doing when they're trying to be the ace of that rotation and just not really pitching. I'll tell you what they're doing. uh, A hell of a lot of losing. 
<laughs> okay. So, so, yeah, I'll go with the over seven and a half there. I think these offenses can push it over the number. Um, <clears throat> I like the Houston Astros. I, I, I think uh, it's still a reasonable price, and I, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a Nick Pavetta fan by any stretch. He just, even with back-to-backs, decent outings, the 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 uh, Red Sox just keep finding ways to lose when he's on the mound. So give me the uh, the Houston Astros there. And I, I love the Miami Marlins today on the run line. I'm a Pablo Lopez guy. He's pitching absolutely out of his mind right now. And uh, while Josiah Gray has been the Nationals' best chance to get a win here and there as of late, I, I don't think today's that day. I think the Miami Marlins get the win on the run line in that one. For me in this, uh, for me in this time slot, I have two premiums in this area. But the one game I can talk about, I like the Miami Marlins, but I'm gonna lay two and a half again. Another alternate, alternate run line. I just think Pablo Lopez uh, should have another shutdown performance, and then Josiah Gray. I kind of learned my lesson. Uh, I'm not saying I'm done backing him for the year, but at least for the time being, I think the Marlins can put up four, five, six runs today, if not more. I don't see the Marlins scoring too many. So I like the alternate run line, minus two and a half Marlins. So James is asking about NBA props in the, uh, in the uh, comments. We don't do them on the show because we have the betting tools. I mean, we have the best betting tools on the planet. Why, we don't need to go over them. Um, you know, it's the betting tools ha- show you all the player props. So if you go to sportschatplace.com, go to players, go to player props or player list, um, you will see just about everything that you need to see right then and there. So no reason for us to really waste time on it on this show. Um, that's for sure. Anyways, um, my turn. Yeah. Yeah. Josiah Gray is a joke. He Teams are batting 380 the second time through the lineup against this guy. But actually, last time out, he didn't even make it to the second time through the lineup. He just got absolutely bombed by the first time through the lineup. He's, he's, a, he's a pitcher that could use some time in the minor leagues. Um, he is not getting any confidence builders here at the major league level. He probably has a super high ceiling like they believe. Obviously, the Nationals, when it comes to scouting young talent, they're one of the best at it. But this guy is um, a deer in the headlights, you know, right now. And what they're doing there, I don't know if he'll ever regain his confidence. As for the Padres and the Phillies, I have to believe that Blake Snell is 100% healthy. I have to believe that in good conscience going into this game, that the Padres would not put Blake Snell out there if he wasn't healthy. And um, I, I, think, I think that he is here, and I think that he dominates. Zach Wheeler's terrible. And um, I think that um, Blake Snell, what we've seen from him in recent years is that he's good through three or four innings, and that's it. So it's all a matter of managing this guy if we start to see that same um, problems, you know, from him. But um, He's supposed to be on a limitation basis. There's yeah. only 65 pitches from him. Yeah. Then that's what we'll see. But um, we know that Blake Snell, when he's on top of his game, is one of the best pitchers in baseball. You know me, I argue for Wheeler. How can you say that about Blake Snell? If you look at his career numbers. He's a Cy Young award winner. He's a Cy Young award winner. I mean, since he's gotten to the Padres, he hasn't really done much of anything. Because he's been injured the entire time he's been there. Wheeler had a rough start to the season, but he's recently come on. His last start was lackluster. He's a disappointment. Now, I don't know about that. Chris, you ever have the year of disappointment talk with anybody? I've had it. 
My, my mother used to tell morning. me all the time. Tell me. Yeah, I had it this, yeah, this morning. I, my mother constantly told me what a disappointment that was. Real, real, ins, real inspiration. <laughs> Kicking the ass. <laughs> yeah. She had all kinds of jobs lined up for me. Of course, the Phillies as home favorites. Uh, absolutely hideous. Hideous. Love the Padres here. Um, Phillies um, in the home favorite role. They have not gotten it done. They're just getting smashed as home favorites um, all season. So no reason to believe. In fact, the last four times they've been home favorites, crushed. Reverse run lined. Anyways, we move on. <laughs> oh, gosh. Jordan Lyles against Garrett Cole at Baltimore. It's like they only wheel um, Cole out. for. I only play him in Orioles games now. Because it bruises confidence. But we got Orioles, Yankees. We got Mariners, Jays, and Mets against um, Mets against Cardinals. Brian, you got three lines that you just love here. You know, these are, these yeah. are your guys. You got three. You can lay minus 200 in three different scenarios here or all of the above. Well, I know certain guys are foaming at the mouth for that minus one and a half. But for me, it just... These aren't my kind of games, but to make free pick selections, Jordan Lyles is—he's been hit or miss, and I—I think he's got a uh, the Orioles because they got a puncher's chance today. But I'm going to take him plus one and a half here against Garrett Cole. Uh, Cole gave up a bunch of runs his last start. I think the Yankees are beatable. Uh, Toronto Blue Jays, though, I'm laying the two and a half with Gausman. It's been phenomenal. I'm surprised he's done as well as he has with Toronto. And uh, Gonzalez, he can get blown up at any time. Seattle hasn't looked good in this series. I think you take the Blue Jays minus the two and a half here. Chris Ruffalo. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was going back and forth on uh, on that Yankee game. And I think, uh, I think Baltimore does have a shot, but probably not a game on... I'm rushing to bet because that feels to me like the kind of game that maybe Jordan Lyles would get torched in. So, <clears throat> so maybe I'll, uh, I'll stay away from that one. But I do. I'm, I'm with Brian. I like the run line on Toronto here. As much as I like watching Marco Gonzalez pitch, he just hasn't been getting the support he needs to to really get wins as of late. And Kevin Gossman, the not giving up a home run thing isn't going to last all season. But I think until until it does, you got to keep riding him because he's pitching fantastic. And I'm also going to go with Max Scherzer and the Mets on the run line. Jordan Hicks, <clears throat> he's not pitching terribly. We're seeing the, the workload increase. We're also seeing the runs inc- the uh, the runs given up increase. And, and uh, Hicks, a 5.09 ERA as a starter this year. So, I think uh, I think the Mets could take that one on the run line, five three or, or something along those lines, but win it by a couple. I think the Astros just hit another home run. Um, let's see. I hate this uh, segment here. Um, I think this is one where you, because I don't see any way you can go against the Blue Jays here. I think you, you can lay alternate run lines or anything like that, but I think this is one that you can overlay in some parlays with some of your other bets, where you just take the minus 238, stick it in a parlay with, you know, some of your other plays that you have today, that ones that you're going to play anyway. I think, I don't believe in locks. I think this is as close to one as there is. Um, I think it's one of those. I think... Um, Max Scherzer has been getting hit this season. He doesn't seem to have the overpowering stuff that he's had in the past. And he, even though we know he has the crafty stuff, he still feels the need to challenge the batters just a little too much for my taste. But um, I don't see the, 
the Cardinals having much of a, you know, much of a chance in this one against the Mutts. I'm going to take take the Mets here, and uh, I'm, I I bet against the Yankees all the time, so no reason not to give it a shot here with Cole at these at these prices. I think you could take the run and a half. I don't think it's going to help you. Um, I don't think it's a one run game either way. I think either the Orioles win or they lose six nothing six. You know. Um, we go to our next set of games, and this is our final set of games for the day. We've got the Pirates and the Cubs. We've got the Rangers and the Angels and the Royals and the White Sox. Chris? Yeah, for this for this uh, segment, I really like the, uh, the Chicago Cubs. I know Drew Smiley, he hasn't uh, been pitching, you know, as well as he did as he was to start the year. And he allowed four runs in his uh, in his earlier start against the Pirates this season. But the Pirates have scored just one run in their last uh, their last three games. They've been outscored 16 to nothing in the first two games of this series. And I don't expect that to get better with Mitch Keller on the mound here. Um, I think I think this one's all uh, all Cubs. And I like that under between uh, the Angels and Rangers. I think you got a pitcher's duel there, Dane Dunning and Shohei Otani. I think this is going to be a, a battle where you may want to take over on both uh, <clears throat> both guys' strikeouts there. And uh, I also like the over eight in that White Sox and Royals matchup. Zach Greinke just not missing any bats this season. And, uh, and Lucas Giolito is prone to give up a couple himself. So I think we get up, up over eight and maybe into the 9-10 run range in that game. Is uh, Keller still listed for the Pirates? Because I don't see him now on my board. Well, that's what I. That's why I saw here. Let me. Let me. Let me check. Well, while you're looking at it, the only game in that time frame that I really like is probably the Chicago White Sox. And I'm going to lay that. Usually, I'm not a minus 155 guy, but I think Lucas Giolito, strong horse on the mound, has had good numbers since coming uh, back this season. Zach Greinke, I think he's getting up there. Uh, I think it'll only be downhill the rest of the season. The Royals are terrible, so I'll lay the 155 with the White Sox. Yeah, I'm not seeing. I'm seeing. I'm seeing TBD now for the Pirates. Maybe Keller got pulled. Yeah, it might be an advantage for the Pirates. Pulling a Keller. But I mean, next next in line would be if the if the rotation sort of continues, it would be Zach Thompson. So maybe I, maybe I would hold. Ugh. I don't know how. I, I don't <laughs> think it's. I don't think it's going to be him. I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll move Thompson up in the rotation. I got a great idea. Why don't we move Thompson it's a bullpen up game. in the rotation? <laughs> could be, yeah, it could be a bullpen game too. Or they, maybe there's some guy that they want to take a look at you know, that we don't know about. We can only hope. Anyways, I like the Cubs in that one if it's Keller. The Otani-Dunning game is interesting. Um, the Rangers' run line plus the run and a half here has been just straight money. I mean, the Rangers have been the best plus one and a half team in the last week. So um, I'm not a plus one and a half guy, but as long as Brian's not on it, I'm good with it. Um, How do you know that I'm not on that? Oh, because what you don't know. Once you once you touch it, it goes to crap. We all know that. <laughs> <laughs> you I may like you may not have heard you that you're a disappointment talk, but he definitely heard he's definitely oh, heard the, everything to hear you touch goes married, to crap. When I was married, I used to hear that all the time. <laughs> not anymore. Rangers minus one twenty. At plus a run and a half here, nine in a row on the run line, this dogs. Texas Rangers. Lock it in. That's not much juice for like a player that's been hitting like that. So Exactly. It's called value, Brian. Because Texas Rangers, not a very popular team. 
not the Yankees, don't have Shohei Otani. It's like you go on and on and on, right? Anyways, I like the White Sox here. Really not about, like I said in the video, oh, I didn't do the video. Jovan did. We both did the same video, so we posted his. But um, I don't know. I don't think it's really about the Zach Granke or Giolito in this one. I think it's about a better team. And that's the, that's the Chicago White Sox. And the Royals coming off a win, hideous as well. It's, I don't know what's worse, the Phillies as home favorites or the Royals coming off of uh, a win. 8-0. and 0-8 um, on the run line following a win. So it's even worse. Because <laughs> they've been dogs every game. And losses following a win eight in a row for the Royals. So just bad news. You know what we call that one, Chris? You know what the technical term for that is? You're going to learn something here. Okay. Got your pen ready? Okay. Yeah. It's called it. no bueno. Okay. That's, uh, that's okay. what we call that. No bueno. Can I use that? Sure. Sure. You, okay. can. you can, you can say it on the drive through. So you're not on the drive through <laughs> anymore. You're just the guest. What's your day? Uh, I don't know. I haven't worked that out with Tony yet. It's, it's still, we're still healing. He's so got, he's got to squeeze you into the, into the guest role. Oh Lord. Don't talk about squeezing me into anything. But yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out eventually. We go to the NBA. Last night, it was a statement by the Heat. Um, but, you know, I think the Celtics aren't. They're not. They're not. Well, they, they might get swept. But they're, you know. But <laughs> uh, Okay. You're dreaming. Well, normally, um, normally the public and um, I think that, I think that sports betting and the stock market are, are in Bitcoin and all these things, very, very similar to all one another, real estate market, that the general public doesn't want to think about the bad things that could possibly happen, right? And they greatly underestimate, because of that, they greatly underestimate the probability that it, that it will happen. And that's how you get Bo Brisky knocking off Clayton Kershaw at plus 300, right? <laughs> because they, it's like, how could that, you know, it's a baseball game. That's how it happens. You know, the very best teams lose 60 times. I know Mitch says it every single show, but I still don't believe it, right? It's like, trust me, it happens. Um, how many, when's the last time we saw a 120-game winner in Major League Baseball? Has there ever been one? 27 Yankees. What was the record of the 27 Yankees? I think they have the best record of all time. MLB. Was it the, was, was it the Mariners? They had 118 or 116 wins. 116 and 36. The Chicago Cubs, number two, Seattle Mariners, 116 and 46. And the New York Yankees, 114 and 48. Cleveland Indians, 111 and 43. Chicago Cubs was 1906 and they lost the World Series that year. The Yankees this season, um, is the highest win percentage since the 1906 Cubs so far this season. The Yankees have um, the highest win percentage since then. 1909, Brian, your Pittsburgh Pirates, that was your year. The 09 Pirates. Uh, that, 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 2009? No, 1909. <laughs> they won the World Series, but they won 110 and 42. 
Those 09 pirates. Just <laughs> <laughs> imagine saying that in like a bar. It's like, yeah, you ever, did you ever watch the 09 pirates, the ones that won 110 games? So, what, 2009? No, 19. So, so then the um, the 2020 Los Angeles Dodgers went 43 and 17. So when you go by winning percentage, they are up there. They are fifth best of all time. The 2001 Mariners, um, 116 and 46, lost that ALCS. And then the team that I that is generally considered the benchmark of greatness, the 27 Yankees, 110 and 44. That was a brutal, brutal lineup. The best lineup in the history of baseball. Murderers Row. The, the number nine hitter, the worst batter in the entire lineup of the 27 Yankees, batted 297. You know who that was, Chris? Mark Koenig. Uh, Mark Koenig. Okay. The only player on the 27 Yankees to not bat 300. The entire lineup batted over 300. Ruth had 60 homers. <laughs> it's like it was beat down. It's like you imagine, like you know, that's like. I mean, you could look at all these other teams, but that's twenty-seven Yankees, man. I was almost going to guess Tony Lazari, but I, I, Mark Mark Koenig makes sense. Yep, two ninety-seven. Just missed it. <laughs> Crazy, right? Koenig. He's still at a non-base. He's still at the OPS. You know, three eighty-two slugging. I mean, he's a monster. Joe Dugan. Lou Gehrig batted three seventy-three that year. Jeez. Forty-seven home runs, and he didn't even lead the team. <laughs> it's like this is just. What do you do? You know, the babe batted three fifty six with sixty bombs. It's like the babe. Well, you still, you still live in New York. How many twenty seven Yankees games were you? I had the I had the twenty seven Yankees. I rode that. I rode them at minus seven hundred. How about this for a season? Like we look at we look at today's players. Look at this season. Right? Look at the season. 60 home runs, batted 356, 165 RBIs. <laughs> he had a 1.258 OPS. He struck out 89. He struck out 89 times, led the team in strikeouts. 137 walks on top of that. He still hit 60 home runs with 165 RBIs. And he had 89. He had. He had 137 walks. Garrick walked 109 times. It's like <laughs> Garrick led that team in RPIs. Ruth wasn't even the team leader. It's unbelievable. 175 RBIs in a season. That's <sighs> 18 triples. Unbelievable. Talk about a dead ball era. Man. Anyways, Wade Hoyt, 22 wins that season. Urban Shocker, 18 and 6 with a 2.84. I mean, the thing is, all their pitchers have sub three ERAs also on top of it. It's like craziness. All right. 
go to uh, the NBA, and uh, we got the Warriors and the Mavericks. We we started on this, but um, obviously the Mavericks have gone through the war, gone through the gauntlet. The Warriors went through a seven-gamer also. So neither of these teams really um, have gotten the rest like the Heat. Um, you know, uh, we saw last night the home team, you know, dominate, but they were also a well-rested home team. Chris, uh, Steph Curry, been there, done that. Um, how much does playoff experience factor into this one? I think it matters in a fair bit. Um, but, you know, I mean, Luka Doncic has seemingly been playing with a chip on his shoulder that they've really been sort of counted out in, uh, I'd say, in, in at least two of their series, if not all three. I mean, you know, they, they beat up on the Utah Jazz, and they got the series win there. I think nobody really had him going very far against the uh, the Phoenix Suns. And uh, now now look at where Dallas is, and it's sort of, again, been there, done that for Luka Doncic in terms of that. But, uh I think this one's going to be a bit higher scoring than, than a lot of people would think. You know, I know Golden State usually did their best defensive work at home for much of the year, even though it sort of tailed off near the end of the season. But I also think that uh, Golden State's going to feed off that home crowd and, uh, and and hit some threes and really get us into a game that uh, gets into the 220s and well over this total of a 214 and a half. So I, like, I really like the over in this one. Who's who's your favorite tough pronunciation guy of this one? Like, is there a tough pronunciation of, of this guy? Series? Yeah, this series that you know the guy whose like name is maybe a little bit more difficult to pronounce, and the others that you like to show off that you you got this one. Jeez, <laughs> uh, can I go with Bulban Marjanovic? Sure, I think I, Brian. How do you feel about that one? Oh, I couldn't pronounce that. Yeah, you, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. What's his What's his name again? Say it again. Boban Marjanovic. All right. Hmm. Thanks. Yeah, him. Or or him. or Frank or Frank Nilakina for the point guard for the uh, for the keyboard from the Knicks. All right. I'm good. Brian, what do you think of this one? Uh, I'm the opposite of you, Ruflo. I'm going to go with the under. Maybe I'm an under guy, but and I know that I think 14 out of the last 20 meetings between these two teams have gone over. I, I think off the top of my head. But uh, when the war, when Mavericks play their best basketball, they've turned up the defense. That's how they beat the Suns, holding them down. Uh, Dallas needs to steal one game at Golden State. Uh, they're really good at home. So I think the defense gets turned up in this. I think 213 and a half is just a tad too high. I think uh, should stay under 210. So I'm going to take the under. I got to say, it's weird. I agree with Brian here. I like the under as well. Dallas... Um, these playoff games for Dallas have been very, very much under games in the Warriors too. Um, a lot of unders for them. I think this one's going to stay under. I think Dallas knows their only chance that they have of beating these guys is keeping it low scoring and tight. That's how you win playoff games on the road. You keep the game close. You give yourself a, ch- a chance to win at the end, unless, of course, you blow them out in the uh, second quarter like we saw uh, Dallas do to the Phoenix Suns. Those are few and far between, but um, I think, you know, after the squares got crushed last night, you know, dipping their toe in the water on the under, I think they're going to be back onto, um, you know, their, their, their warm, fuzzy, comfy spot, which is the over. Um, why do the squares love the over? Because once it's over, it's over. There's no chance of it coming back under once it's already gone over, right? That's, that's why the squares love the over. 
No, right. because it's more fun to root for points to be scored. That's not. What I like. I, I, it's not. It's because once it's over, you can't That's lose. True. That's why. I think both. I think I'm I'm 99 sure. We should ask everybody here if you're if you're a square, let us know. <laughs> if you like the over, because once it's over, it's over. I can ask. You. I know a few. I can ask. Where's Al Nino's? Al loves the over. Loves a favorite. He too. does. He doesn't do totals. I don't believe. No, he's not a total guy. Did have the Celtics though last night. But he's he's at it. I mean, he's on the leaderboard. I think of every sport. So he's he's he he's he does pick a lot of favorites, but he he picks his spots right. So he's been picking his spots extremely well. I think a lot of people like the over because once it's over, it's over. It's kind of like the same reason people like the nerfy and the earthy. You know, once it's done, it's done. It's like you don't have to sit there and sweat it out. When Mark Melanson is warming up in the bullpen. I'll tell you what, the under, you're sweating out every last second. Oh, so. always, always sweating it out. But, it, but, you know, the under is the under. We love the under, right? Yeah, I think this one goes under. Anyways, any parlays, player props, um, any of that stuff? Yeah, if I got a parlay, I'm going to take the under 213.5. I'm going to team it up with the Toronto Blue Jays at minus 2.5 alternate line. And then I'm going to round it out with uh, Milwaukee Brewers on the money line. Yeah, and I'm going to go with the uh, the Houston Astros on the money line. The over eight between the uh, Guardians and Reds and the Chicago Cubs on the money line. Diamondbacks first five plus a half a run. I'm going to parlay that up with... The um, San Diego Padres, and I'm going to put that with the Blue Jays, which is just an overlay today. And that's going to be my parlay. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. It was fun. It was a good time. Um, Appreciate each and every one of you. We have our YouTube premium, which I did not put the tape up in the bottom. You know, I I just forget. I'm I'm not the... I need to... We need to like watch some of these other shows, you know, where they just promo, 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 promo. It's just all promos. It's like terrible. Yeah, we'll just I'll just pause while our promo runs runs across the bottom of the screen. Chris, what are you going to have for lunch today? All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. I'll see you guys uh, tomorrow. And, of course, uh, be sure to check out all of our free picks, all of our premium picks. Use that discount code MAY15, get 15% off. Thanks to everyone. Smash that like.